get ready to throw perfection out the window because you're tuned in to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Penhorwood, and I'm a marketing coach and the founder of Harper Collective, where I help business owners master their PR and simplify their marketing. Each week, we'll be unlocking valuable tips to up-level your business and sharing honest conversations with entrepreneurs to uncover their stories and wisdom to inspire you to take action. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I am so happy to have you here joining me today for this interview with Gemma Murdoch, who is a very special guest because I used to work with Gemma way back before I started my business when I was first beginning my career in PR and marketing. And as I talk about in the interview today, Gemma was definitely the most stylish one in the office. She was building an incredible blog at the time, which is all about fashion. And I can tell you now, every Everyone in the office always loved seeing what Gemma was going to wear. Since then, Gemma has gone on to build an incredible career working as an MC, a presenter, and a director of her own business, Dak & Co, for the last six years. So I knew Gemma was the perfect person to bring on the podcast to talk about how you can embrace each of your passions to build a thriving career that truly lights you up. Because so often we can go into our career and we can think, this is what I'm good at. I'm just going to stay in my lane. And we don't say yes to those things that really light our fire. So I hope that this interview today inspires you to delve a little deeper into the things that light you up and look at how you can incorporate them into your career to really stand out from the rest. Let's dive into the interview and I hope that you love it. Hey Gemma, welcome to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I am super excited today to have you on and to ask you all the questions and to catch up after many years of not seeing each other in person. So a big warm welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is actually my first ever podcast. As a director, a presenter, an MC, you're used to wearing a lot of creative hats and I'm sure you're used to being put on the spot as well. So I know you're going to be perfect today. But I'd love to get a bit of a glimpse into your world and what's going on for you and what does it look like at the moment? What are you working on? Yeah, that's a very good question because as you said, I do wear a lot of hats. At the moment, I am the director of Dak & Co, which is my main job. I've had Dak & Co for six years now and it's a marketing and social media management company based in Canberra where I live and that's a job that I absolutely love. I started it very much from the ground six years ago so I do that and I've got a a small team that works for me and we have a wonderful book of clientele that we work with but then I also do other things as you mentioned so I emcee a lot of events here in Canberra and interstate as well and I do presenting and hosting. I'm on a couple of TV ads and I've done some tourism campaigns in around New South Wales. So yeah, I do a a whole range of things and no day is ever the same in my world. We're all about celebrating imperfection on the podcast. So I would love to know what are some imperfect actions that you've taken along your career journey that have really paid off for you? Well, I guess my career journey started when I finished university back in 2014 and I studied a Bachelor of 
PR and arts. And I finished university and the world of social media now was very different back then. And so I finished university not really knowing where I was going to fit within the communications world. And I tried working in PR, didn't love it, tried working in marketing roles, but I thought that there's something more I can be doing here. And at the time I had a blog where I was sharing outfit inspiration and that sort of thing. And I just started doing that on Instagram and my following was growing quite well. And businesses started to ask me, oh, can you help me with my social media? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I could. Like, And so naturally, I just started helping businesses and giving them tips and tricks and guiding them along the journey of growing their accounts on Instagram. And that sort of just naturally progressed into forming a business. So there was no plan in that. I didn't set out to, to have a business in social media marketing and then to grow it to where it is now. There, Like I said, there was no business plan. There was no strategy behind it. It was just a goal of wanting to help businesses grow and thrive. And, and social media was just the, a way in which I could help them do that. So I guess a lot of my journey has been through imperfect actions of not really planning much at all and just going with with the flow of things. And the same sort of thing with my MC role that I have now. I'm not trained professionally as a speaker. I've not done drama classes or anything like that. It's all really happened organically. One day a shopping center emailed me and said, hey, we're doing an event with Sally Obermeter and her sister Maha. Can you host it? And I don't think they knew that I'd never hosted before, but I just thought, look, I'll say yes and I'll work out how to do it later. And that's just been my mantra is just really saying yes and working out how to actually action it later on. And yeah, I guess that's my version of imperfect actions is just doing rather than thinking and hoping that's the right path that I'm going to go on. That's so good. And I can totally relate to that. I feel like a lot of the time when we start businesses, it's that mentality of, yeah, I could give that a crack. I'm sure I could make that work. Yep. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden this business starts to evolve. But I think that sometimes it's nice to approach things with that simplicity instead of having this really intricate plan. Like I'm sure both you and I, we work with clients and a lot of what we do is strategy and there is a plan mm. behind things. But I think it's nice when you can just start something and just let it be imperfect so that you can get the ball rolling instead of holding yourself back and overthinking everything. Totally. I work with so many clients, they get really bogged down with, oh, I haven't got this strategy in place or my website's not perfect or my logo and that sort of thing. And I'm like, just get started, just start because naturally you're going to want to change things along the road anyway, as you start to learn who your customers are and who your clients are and your target audience, like things will naturally change and progress. But if you don't get started, you'll never get anywhere. I hate to look back at what my business looked like six years ago because it's completely different to what it looks like now. And that's just the way it is. Things will naturally progress, but you just have to start and start somewhere and the growth will come from that. When we first met, you were running your blog and you were always very stylish turning up to the office. I can say you were probably the most <laughs> well-dressed one in the office. Oh, thanks. I think I'd look back on those outfits now and think, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> But thank you. Since then, you've really evolved into this multi-passionate entrepreneur, which I think is incredible. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because I meet a lot of entrepreneurs and they're a little bit scared to be multi-passionate and to really embrace that in their careers. But what I find happens is that when they don't embrace it, they're not really fully fulfilled in their career. And I think you've really embraced 
doing different things and wearing different hats and they all do complement each other, but there's a lot of variety, like you said, in your day, which I think is awesome. So what has it been like embracing multiple passions within your career and what would be your advice to listeners who are multi-passionate themselves? You're right. Look, I do wear multiple hats and I do have multi passions. And I guess for me, it's all just been such a natural progression. Like when I started my blog, it was all about style. and But I knew I didn't want to be a stylist, but I knew that I had some sort of passion for style and projecting that. And the way that I saw fulfilling that was posting my outfits on social media and writing articles on my blog about what I was wearing. And that fulfilled two passions of style and writing. And then from there, it naturally progressed to, it looks like I'm good at doing social media. How about I help other businesses? with that. So that morphed into Dak and Co. And when I had my blog, you know, I was doing a lot of interviews with people and I'd, I'd interview them about their business and that sort of thing. So I got used to talking to people and asking them questions and interviewing them. So from that then came the MC role and the presenting role came from that. So it really has just been a natural progression, but everything flows in with one another in that the style stuff I can do through social media. I've got a business in social media. I'm networking and talking all the time. That sort of helps the MC stuff. So everything flows and fits within one another. But in saying that, being a multi-passionate entrepreneur means it's really hard to keep everything juggling all at once and happening all at once. Like Dak and Co will take over my life one day. And then the next day I'll, I'll be trying to do MC work and the next day I'll be trying to do other work. So it can get really hard to stay focused on each of those things. And at the moment, the style stuff sort of fallen behind because I'm so busy within the business, but it is still a passion of mine. So I think my advice would be for those who are multi-passionate entrepreneurs is to don't be afraid of having all those different passions because they can really mold into one another and really flow within one another. And just because you're focusing on one at the moment doesn't mean you can't focus on another. You can have multiple balls up in the air so long as you're passionate about it. I think that's the most important thing is so long as you're passionate about something, you'll make it work. If I one day feel like the presenting work is really dragging me down, then I'll stop doing that. As long as I'm passionate about it, then I know I'll be able to make it work and weave it into my life in some way. And you mentioned something really interesting there, how some days the business will be the main focus and then other days you'll be switching into MC. Is there any tools or tips that you've developed over the years that have helped you to stay focused? Like I'm sure that it's an ongoing challenge, but is there anything that you've gone, this really works for me to be focused in that moment on what you're doing within that role? Yeah, a couple of things. I'm a really organized person and I have high functioning anxiety, which means I can operate at a very high level that not a lot of people can do. And I used to think it was a curse, but it's really helped me now that I have so many different things going on. So I'm a really organized person and I plan things out in my Google Calendar months in advance. And I always make sure that I block out time to be able to switch between the different things that I do. Mondays is Dak & Co Day. That's in the office, working on client work. I'm with the team. I'm working with them on what they need. We're getting things out to clients. That's that dedicated day. Tuesdays is a day for meetings and Wednesdays is a day for just being in the office, no meetings and planning. Thursdays is if I need to do some sort of hosting work or record a TV ad or whatever it might be. So time blocking has been really beneficial for me in order to stay on track and things like that. But also I'm lucky in that the role that I have is as long as I have a laptop and Wi-Fi, I can work pretty much anywhere. A lot of what I do with my presenting and MC work means I have to travel interstate, but it means that I can bring my laptop, I can work on the plane, 
mean, I can work in hotels late at night. I can mold and make it fit to whatever the schedule is at the time. So yeah, being really organized and time blocking is a really important thing. Time blocking is something that I do in my business. And sometimes I can be really diligent with it. And then something like a curveball will come my way and I'll be like, oh, but this week I just yesterday time blocked my whole week and I'm already off to a great start. So I can say it's great when you stick to it. It is. It's the best thing you can do. And it helps also to set boundaries with those around you. And a lot of my clients know, okay, Gemma doesn't do meetings on Mondays, so she can only do Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And it's just about being open and honest with people in your life and being like, hey, that doesn't work for me. That time doesn't work for me. Because I used to be such a yes person, particularly in a service-based business, saying yes to meetings at five o'clock on a Friday. Who wants to do a meeting at five o'clock on a Friday? But I would say yes to doing that because I wanted to please those clients and please those people. But it didn't work for me in the long run. It meant that I was burnt out and I was stressed and my calendar was all over the shop. So by being really set within yourself with what your boundaries are and what works for you and sticking with that is is the best thing you can do. And especially as well for any listeners who have anxiety themselves, I imagine that it would just help to keep things clean and clear to know what's going on so that you can stay focused and a little bit more grounded as well in your work. Absolutely. Like someone like me who's had anxiety pretty much their entire life. I'm a planner. I need to know what's coming next. I need to know, okay, well, after lunch, I'm doing this and this. And it can be really hard because sometimes people will throw a curveball and say, hey, can we have a meeting this afternoon? And I'm like, that wasn't in my plan. I'm learning to be a little bit more flexible. But yeah, people with anxiety will be able to relate to the fact that we need to know what's coming up. You know, on a Sunday night, I'll look at my calendar and I know exactly what I've got on this week, on what day, at what time. But I've also learned that I have to be flexible in some ways as well as a business owner. Yeah, I can totally relate to that feeling of that wasn't part of my plan. I'm not sure if this is going to (laughs) work. Even I think it was last night because like I was saying to you before we jumped on, I've just moved house and everything's starting to get more organized. And I was saying to my partner, Liam, I was like, I have anxiety now because I don't have anxiety because everything's organized and I feel like I'm forgetting something. So yes, yes, I can can totally relate. Yes. It's just one of those things I've just had had to learn to live with it and I guess to use it to my advantage as well. When I was younger, I also suffered from OCD and at the time I thought that's an absolute curse. How can I live with this? But growing up having a business, I've learned just how to use it to my advantage. Such good advice and such an inspiration for listeners as well who are experiencing something like that to know that you can seek help, get the tools and turn it around and use it to your advantage. So thank you for sharing that. You've just celebrated six years of Jack & Co. A huge congratulations because I know all the blood, sweat and tears (laughs) that would go in behind the scenes to make that happen. And you've expanded your team and moved into a beautiful new office with a very gorgeous sign as well. It all looks stunning. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Can you share with us some stories of growth from the last year of achieving all these things? Because I know that for a lot of listeners, we can look at what's on social media and we sometimes don't really get that peek behind the scenes. So is there any maybe one or two stories of growth that you could share with us that have really impacted you this year? 
Yeah, I guess I'll reflect on the last couple of years because COVID really had a big impact on the business. And I'm really mindful of of talking about this because I know that during the COVID period and still now, there are a lot of business owners that unfortunately had to close their doors and are no longer able to operate again. But I'm really thankful in that during the COVID period, our business had the biggest growth that it's ever had. And that's certainly something I was not expecting. When they announced the lockdowns at first, I thought, oh yeah, we're going to lose all of our clients because when there's budget cuts, what's the first thing to go? Marketing. That's always the first thing that's to go when it's outsourced. So I thought for sure the business will have to close. I'll, I'll have to get a job in um I don't know, stacking shelves at Woolworths and doing things like that, which I was totally okay with having to do. But within the first few weeks of lockdown, we were getting so many new leads from clients who were needing social media and marketing services purely because they had to pivot their business and they'd realized that they needed to have an online presence. So we had a massive surge of growth during COVID and I was the only one in the office. I was not at home crocheting, baking cakes or learning how to make bread. It was a really busy and stressful time for me, if I'm honest. But at the same time, it was exciting because the business is growing, but it was also extremely stressful because we were trying to work with clients during what was a really tough time for everyone and trying to get their message out, trying to keep them afloat during a really difficult time period. And during that time, you know, I recruited three staff in the space of a year, which I did not expect that I would have needed to do, but I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. So that was a really big story of growth for us. But what came with that for me that I guess I didn't really share on social was just the long hours. Business owners will know how many hours go into running your own business. But for me, it was really early mornings, really late nights, working on weekends. As soon as a mask mandate was introduced or a lockdown was lifted or the bushfires, that had to be communicated on social media and we had to create communication plans for our clients. So I haven't really had a break in the last sort of two and a half years, except for my honeymoon recently, that at the same time, the business went through a massive amount of growth, but it was a really tough stressful time for me. But as you said, we've now grown. We've got a beautiful team of four. We have a great office that we can now all be in the one space, which is really lovely. And I'm really happy with where the business is sitting at the moment and really conscious of the fact that, yes, we went through this massive period of growth uh, and we brought on all these amazing new clients. But I think what happens with big periods of growth in business is people forget where they started and they forget about the clients that they still have on the books that came on board in the very beginning. So I'm really conscious of that. Yes, growth is important within a business, but so is maintaining your customer service. So is looking after your clients that are already on the books. And that's something I've had to learn along the way through the last couple of years as well. Even going from a team of one being a solopreneur to growing your team so rapidly, I'm sure would have been a lot of mindset shifts would have happened there. What was that like for you in that time? It was hard. I love being on my own. I'm very independent. I can wear multiple hats in one day and do a lot of things, but I was very aware of the fact that I could not continue doing it on my own. It was not sustainable. The business would have gone downhill very fast. But for me, it was never sort of in my plan to have a massive team. I always thought, yeah, I'll probably have one or two people come on board in maybe an admin capacity. But I was hiring people for the sole purpose of, you know, working with clients and being part of the strategy and that sort of thing. So I had to learn pretty quickly how to become a manager. 
and how to manage people, which is not something you learn as a business owner or you think about you have to do. So I really had to learn very quickly about recruitment and what to look for in hiring people and how to interview people and how to bring them on board and make them feel nurtured and looked after and challenged. So that's been a really big learning process for me, particularly over the last year is is actually learning how to manage a team. And not only just having that relationship with one team member, but managing team members with other team members and having them all in an office. You know, I went from having an office, a really small office by myself to having a big space now where we're all in a co-working open environment. So there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of, ch- lot of chatter, which I love, but I'm not used to it. So I've also had to learn how to work with other people. You know, yeah, it's been a really big learning curve for me being part of that recruitment phase in the business. And that's a lot to take on in itself, but especially when you're working nights and weekends and early mornings and trying to focus on clients and make sure that they're nurtured while nurturing a team and growing a team. It is. And I can get so caught up in in the client services aspect of things because that's what I love. And that's why I started this business. But I quickly realized I can't get bogged down with doing a lot of that hands-on stuff anymore because I've got an amazing team that can help me with that now, but they also need to be nurtured and I need to be doing other things within the business to help them. So yeah, it was hard. It's really worked out in the long run. And I'm so happy now to have such a great group of women around me in the business who can help me out and really help grow the business as well. For any listeners who are currently where you were when you were working the late nights, early mornings, really in the grind, what words of wisdom would you share with them that you wish someone just said, hey, Gemma, I need to tell you this? It gets better. This isn't forever. In the big scheme of things within your life, this is a really small moment in time that you will get through. And you'll look back on this time within a year's time or a couple of years time and you'll be like, yes, going through that period was worth it because I learned so much. I grew so much. It was all worth it. I love that. Thank you so much. I feel like so many people are just going to take a big deep breath and go, I'm not alone in this. So thank you for all of your wisdom and all of your stories today. I have loved chatting with you. And where can listeners come to connect with you and follow along on your adventures? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I really do hope, you know, people got something out of what I've spoken about today. But, you know, if you want to learn more or connect with me, you can do so through Instagram. So at Gemma Murdoch or Dak and Co have their own Instagram as well. So you can pop over there and we can have a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much. I can't wait to catch up with you again soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could leave a review or share a screenshot to Instagram and tag at Honestly Imperfect Podcast so that I can pop on over and say hello. I can't wait to connect with you again soon.